In this podcast, we'll listen to Victor Duga talk about the recruitment process in advancement. Victor is a professor at the School of Theatre and Media Arts at Federal University Lafia in Nigeria. He was a former executive director of the Advancement Office at the University of Jos for over eight years. This talk was given as part of a webinar series organised by CASE, where Victor was described as one of the pioneers of advancement in Africa. Victor talks about different approaches to recruitment, the role of fundraisers, and the task of setting up an advancement office. Today I'll be speaking on recruiting and retaining advancement staff, particularly for Africa. This is one very difficult challenge in setting up the advancement infrastructure. And I would say that uh, one of the biggest challenges that we have is to attract talented and passionate people who can work in your office. And when you've done that, to convince them to stay. It starts, of course, with finding the right people for a career which is not well understood and retaining this staff through the years till they come to maturity and of course nurturing them beyond being fundraisers to being advancement leaders in your institution and in the continent and for this we're grateful to Case for uh, providing this opportunity for sharing information such as what we have at the moment I'm going to be talking about recruitment, the process of recruitment, and the process of training, and the issues that are involved in retaining staff in your office. Uh, the issue of retaining staff is important because advancement has a high turnover of staff, of workers. And if you train a staff and they go off in the next year or two, you have to start afresh. You're not going to have advancement move very smoothly or very quickly in your institution. I would say this is important for new or established offices alike, the process of recruitment, because once in a while a staff goes off, someone is off and you need to recruit staff, you need to bring in new people, or you're just starting out and you need to bring new people. This information is relevant to you as well. And recruitment is a vital aspect of setting up a fundraising apparatus in your institution. Um, for you to do this, I guess that it's not just the people who are in the office that matter. The institutional leadership must be at the top of this game. This is because every employment, every process of recruitment comes from the leadership. The recruitment process reflects the leadership desire, the leadership vision, and so um, the leadership must be involved for a number of reasons. The first is to articulate institutional vision, you know, with a clear strategy, both to internal constituents and external constituents alike. And this comes in the case of, uh, in the shape of a case for support. This is a document that says why you should support institution A rather than institution B. What makes you unique? Why you stand out? What's your vision? Where are you going? And along with this, there has to be a demonstration of personal commitment to the advancement of the institution on the part of the leadership. This could be encapsulated in strategic plans, um, targets that are set uh, for the office 
for the university, for various units in the university, uh, and so on. And of course, the uh, leadership has to inspire confidence in the future of the institution. This is vital to donors as well as to staff who are working on donor relations and even for uh, the academics in the institution. If the leadership has a great vision and has a drive to pursue it, they are likely to find other people who would support and work with them in that aspect. Now, thinking of recruiting advancement workers, you have to first of all have at the back of your mind that the role of fundraisers is to be conductors of an orchestra. So if you are a director of advancement, if you're recruiting people, you are recruiting people into your orchestra and you're looking for who is going to play different instruments. You don't want everybody playing the same instrument and you don't want everybody sounding alike. So you're looking for people who are different and yet can complement each other. You're also recruiting them to join an orchestra that would serve as conductors for a larger orchestra that your institution becomes. So you're thinking of people who can fit into the orchestra. You're also thinking of people who can conduct your orchestra from the office. Um, I like that image a lot because uh, when you don't have a symphony, advancement doesn't work. It's a lot of people coming with different instruments, different talents, and putting their best and getting sweet music coming out of your office. Now, there are some headaches that every recruitment process, particularly from what I've seen and experienced in Africa, um, coming up uh, just in the last two years. The first is that we don't have specialists that are trained for advancement. Uh, there's only in America and a few places that there are specialists that are trained in advancement. Uh, even in Europe, there are still countries that don't know anything about advancement in this light yet. Uh, Africa is therefore not an exception. Uh, there is also little understanding of the job requirements. So when you advertise, people might not apply. Not because they don't want to apply, but they don't know what this is about. And very few people are bold to come and ask, what is this job about? There are also few applications that you should expect. Um, even though there is large unemployment, but you are not going to get too many applications for uh, a job when you advertise, from my experience, because people simply lack interest in those positions or they think this is something out of our league. Or those who apply are not the right people for the role or the job that you want. Of course, when there is a high level of unemployment, as we have seen globally, every advert is supposed to entice people to apply. And just because people apply for a job does not mean you can take them. And there might be pressures also to appoint certain people into certain positions, uh, whether within your institution or within uh, the social environment where you are and people are interested in coming to a particular position. We'll talk further on this as we go on. Now, you need to have a plan before you begin every 
or any recruitment process. You need to sort out the positions that are available, positions that you want to employ, the number of people that you want to have uh, common stream. You need to have clear reporting lines for these positions, who they're going to be working with, who is going to report to who, at what level they're going to come up. You need to have job descriptions. You don't want them to come in and then you're developing a job description. You need to think ahead what the schedules of duty would be, what you require of each position. So as you are interviewing, you have uh, this in mind and then you can see where the people would fit in. Of course, the people who are being interviewed or people who are being considered for uh, recruitment in your office will be interested in the scheme of service. They want to know, if I come here at this point, where do I go in? What's my next position? What's my prospect? What's my career path in this office? You need to have all that sorted out before you recruit. And of course, your finance office would be able to help you. You need to have a budget. You need to have to make sure that there's money that is available for these positions that are going to be created. There's no point trying to create positions for which uh, money is not available. Now, you would also have to consider the structure of your office. If you are a new office, you want to recruit uh, people into key positions. You think in terms of prioritizing quick positions, do I need first? Which ones can come later? The three components of advancement, alumni relations, marketing communication, and fundraising. You would have to think about which uh, position comes first. If you are in a new university, for instance, alumni relations could be combined with other responsibilities uh, from the onset. But if you are in an old institution, you want to start right away with alumni relations because you have a backlog of alumni and you want to quickly move in that direction to harness them. Um, but these are vital. And if you don't have any uh, of these roles, fundraising, marketing communications, alumni relations, you're not going to have the uh, office take off very smoothly. So you need to consider positions in these units. Beyond them, there are also responsibilities in general advancement that would support the fundraising structure itself. You, we're talking now about uh, database, finance management, and others uh, within the office. So you have to think ahead of this and this structure and determine what positions are critical and crucial for your office at the point you are recruiting. So there are two processes to recruiting staff for your office. The first will be an executive search, uh, what is also referred to as headhunting. And this is the process where you identify a particular person, an individual who has had experience, who has produced results, and you want to move that person to your institution. Um, probably results emanating from a similar position or uh, a different position that someone who has uh, a history of achieving results and your institution could move in to recruit such a person, either approaching the person directly or using consultants to approach this person. Uh, this comes with negotiating um, emoluments and things like that ahead of the person's acceptance 
to come to your institution. If they are results-oriented, they're not going to come cheap. The second aspect to recruitment is where you have uh, advertisement, the normal processes, and people apply. And these adverts could be external for external recruitment, where you bring people from outside your institution to come work for you in the institution, or they could be internal recruitment, where you get people who are already in the institution and therefore familiar with the structures of the institution to move into new roles within the advancement office. Uh, whether they are external or internal people, you would require, of course, to have intelligence, aptitude, and or attainment tests and interviews to be able to determine the suitability um, for this role. When you are headhunting, uh, it's pretty much difficult to interview people that you are approaching to come work for you. Now, whatever process you choose to use, you should search for skills. These are important, what skills people already possess. But more than that, look at also for potential, what people can develop, what people can grow into. Uh, many times, uh, the egg doesn't look like an omelet. But if you can identify that the egg can become an omelet, then you would be able to buy your eggs. So look for the potentials as well. And what qualifications would you look out for? I would say you should look for people in allied professions, professions that are related to what advancement uh, handles. Um, marketing, banking, people in customer relations, public relations, media practitioners, quantitative analysts, writers, advertising executives, and so on. Well, Let's not make this a rule. There are few exceptions that come in here. I've seen mathematicians do this work very well with a degree of accuracy. I've seen scientists, biologists also do this. So don't make it just something in the humanities. But it's good for people in the humanities because they relate, they do more of human relations and therefore it comes quite easily to them. And I would say that a first degree is necessary. It's necessary because within the university there is a psychology, a certain psychology. When you have a degree, you've gone through the process, you know what the university is about, you've been um, indoctrinated into the process of learning. So a, a first degree is important, I wouldn't say in a particular field. Uh, but also if people have postgraduate degrees, that will be helpful, but I don't think that's the most important thing that you're looking out for. A postgraduate degree simply means they've exposed themselves further. But they should have ability to learn, the ability to adapt, the ability to adopt ideas, and the ability to innovate. These are really important things that you look out for in those candidates, what their qualifications would um, uh, add up to when you're looking for the staff. The ability to think strategically and to think on their feet is also important. So you're looking for people who are sharp, people who are uh, creative, people who, uh, you know, can connect the dots. This is important because in advancement, there are things you plan for and there are things that you can't plan for. And you need to be able to get people to be on top of these issues all the same.
Now, when you have familiarized yourself with the job requirements, as I've mentioned in your planning process, and uh, you get the applicant sitting right in front of you, you need to be able to be to make a match between the people sitting in front of you or the person sitting in front of you and the job that you need to get done. So you're looking at their appearance and their mannerism. This is important because it's been stated that the custom officers in the world, the best trained, take eight seconds to be able to determine if they have anything to judge. Um, they, they use eight seconds to judge you and find out if there's anything at all to bother about you. So eight seconds, very important that in those eight seconds you make an impression or you've lost the candidate. Uh, so if a candidate doesn't make any impression on you within the first 10 seconds, I would say, 10, 15 seconds, it's not going to make an impression to a donor. So you don't go with that. You're looking for somebody who can make uh, an impression, somebody who will represent the office, somebody who will represent the institution. Don't forget that. Have that at the back of your mind as you are thinking of recruiting the staff. Of course, look at their education, um, where they have studied. If they studied within the institution, they bring with them some advantage and you can find out what they know about the institution, uh, their concept, their thinking about what could be done to make the institution move forward. You're looking at, basically, as Simon said earlier, you're looking for the motivation that these individuals are coming with. And if the person didn't go to that institution, you're also looking for people who will come from outside, come with an objective view, and people who would be able to make contributions uh, as well to the work that is being done there. Now, if they have worked elsewhere, you will be interested in their work history. You, you don't want people who have left the place because they are frustrated to come and work in your office. You're looking for people who are looking for challenges, people who are looking for uh, new grounds to conquer. Uh, and so I would say work history is important. Uh, you need to know where they're coming from. And if they work somewhere, you want their... Um, previous uh, bosses to give some recommendations so you have an idea of who these people you're dealing with are. Um, the point is you don't recruit blindly. Know what you're recruiting. Uh, you also look at personality and social traits. Uh, people who are able to adjust because working on advancement uh, is more like being a, a people's person. So you don't want recluses working in an area where you need to meet people. So if they're working in databases, uh, with databases, it's different, the kind of personality that you might require there. But I would say you look for people who have people skills. And of course, health is important. You want people who are physically fit. Uh, advancement is a hectic job. Uh, it demands a lot from the individual. So you don't want people who are going to be taking sick leave every other week. Um, it's not good for continuity. It's not good for um, progress. And it will slow down a lot of what you're doing. So look for people who are physically fit. This is not discriminating against people who have health challenges. But the truth of the matter is that this job requires people who would give a lot of their time and their energy to this. So if people don't have the energy, 
and the, uh, the, the strength to do this, don't hire them in the first place. And I'll say, while you're making the match, try to grade the candidates that you have for a certain position. Uh, rate them as I would advise outstanding, and very good, good, needs further consideration, unacceptable. Now, this grading is important because you want to see right away, oh, that candidate could fit into this in terms of comparison with other candidates. Uh, very good is for a candidate that uh, maybe you want to see other candidates afterwards before you make a decision. Good is someone who has struck you as being able to fit in. Someone who needs further consideration is um, someone perhaps that you need to find out more about or you need to test other uh, aspects of the person's uh, qualifications or skills or potentials. And unacceptable, of course, is someone that you don't want to touch, does not understand, would not fit into your configuration. Once you have employed people, you need to give them some kind of orientation, some kind of um, <laughs> training that would give them a grasp of what you expect from them. We had said earlier that there is no specific training in advancement. And that means that uh, you should spend the first two weeks to one month doing some training for new staff that you have recruited so that they can understand what the uh, totality of the university is about or what the office is doing, what projects are the targets at the moment, and so on. So it's important um, to get them trained so that they can take ownership of the institutional uh, vision. So uh, training is an aspect that you need to keep a regular budget for. And every advancement office must have budget for continuous training. It shouldn't stop. Uh, new ideas come up, come up every time. New technologies, new methods, and you need to get that uh, off the ground. Um, you also need, you could also use consultants. And um, consultants are pretty expensive. If you can afford them, then you you consider using consultants. Consultants don't have the baggage that people in that are uh, in an institution uh, may perhaps have. They are not bogged down by your bureaucracy. They are looking at the candidates, they are looking at the job, and they can be forthright in terms of um, what you need to seek in a person. And if you ask them for their candidate opinion, they will be able to assist you in getting the right candidates. I have myself been on interview panels for other institutions and I found that very, um, um, very, very enlightening in the sense that I am able to see clearly what the people in the institution uh, are trying to ignore. I'm able to see the potential, I'm seeing the future and they are seeing the person who should be resuming next week. So uh, this is important. Um, also, once you have those people, you're thinking about mentors that uh, would use your experience to groom these people. And that's why having network, um, a network of friends across the world is important, that you have mentorship. And this mentorship can be 
Um, if you look back to the table we had earlier in alumni relations, in fundraising, in communications, so different people can mentor different people in your office, uh, and this is important for you. And um, so once you uh, make that decision, you would also have to uh, think about taking the staff on internship to other institutions. And um, this could last for a couple of days to uh, a week or two. It's important that you don't just admire people who are doing it well. Go and study how they're doing it, what makes them successful. And if you're going to compete as we are doing in this global environment with the global ranking and other things helps you because whether you like it or not, you're being compared to them. So it's good to go to their offices and advancement offices anywhere in the world would be very eager and happy to share information about what they're doing with you. So those are methods of training people that you recruit. And new recruits need every kind of training to provide that professional orientation that they would need. I would say that once you discover the potential, you see this, bring them in, try to get them confident in what this advancement process is about. Um, and if even if you are an experienced advancement worker, there's always a fresh opportunity with a workshop, with a conference for you to train yourself. Burnouts happen. I, I've been there. You just keep going on and on and you're tired. You can't see the vision. You can't see how things, uh, you know, just the lines cross anymore. You need to just go out, take a breath, a deep breath, and then uh, look at things from a different angle. And when you get back to your table, you have more energy and more zest to handle the work that previously looked un unsurmountable. And like we also have in, um, in case, which is a professional uh, voluntary body. Join yourself to professional bodies like CASE that can constantly provide uh, forums for you to, um, you know, share ideas and network and meet people who are doing the same work that you're doing. Or like we have in Nigeria, the Directors Forum, where you can relate with colleagues from other institutions and Share your problems with them. Share your, uh, get tips from them on how to go about some of the things you're doing. My principle in this is that you don't reinvent the wheel. If someone has invented the wheel, please cash in on that and ride along. Um, if you're going to train your staff, this new staff that you are recruiting, I would say they need to attend Case Institute. Uh, this is not an advert for Case Institute, but I have found them really useful. It's a time where professionals from all over the world would dedicate a week of their time to be able to share of the years of experience that they've had, and this is really, really vital. I, I don't think you have too many of those going on. Um, similarly, those case workshops, they also do um, provide relevant experience, especially with African um, experience for people who want to learn about advancement on the continent. 
there are also cadetships, and these are trainings that are specialized, where people in alumni relations go to train for alumni relations. And it can be further sub-specialized, where people who are working with undergraduate programs or people who are working with older alumni. So look for the best kind of training for the staff that you uh, want trained and send them for such training. They are training for all kinds of uh, levels, from starters to even university management. And I note that one of the problems we have is getting university management to go for training uh, in advancement. But uh, CASE has tried to be able to uh, tie some of the trainings to Commonwealth uh, conferences, African uh, Association of African Union uh, conferences. So if you are able to persuade your VCs to be at such meetings, try and get them to go for advancement trainings uh, that are coming up alongside with this as well. And training, of course, is important because you need to keep up with new ideas in the field. Uh, I head of a grand parent program. So we don't just have alumni, parents of alumni, there is also a grandparent program. So ideas come in every time and you need to keep up with these ideas in the field. For the content of the training, I would say whether you're organizing something in your office or they're going out, you should be looking to emphasize the in the content, the principles of advancement. Um, you need to get people ingrained in the ideas of philanthropy. This is really important because uh, it's not common sense. There are principles that drive advancement. You also need to get uh, them to understand the professional skills that they need to develop in the office. Also to know the ethics of advancement. There are certain ethics that make fundraising an act of an advancement rather than a research contract and so on. And there are certain behavioral skills that the staff might need to um, put up with, you know, learning uh, people's skills, people's faces, people's names, remembering conversations that they've had, being able to document things and experiences that they've had so that it can be captured in a more sustainable uh, data form. And of course, they need to learn multitasking and teamwork. Uh, multitasking is important, and uh, I'll speak about that shortly. But I'll say that staff need to take responsibility for making themselves employable and remaining employable. And that means once the staff is recruited, it's just the beginning of the process. They should make themselves employable. They should make themselves indispensable. They should take the job and do it with such personal gusto that everyone realizes this job is being done by this individual. The most critical success factor in an advancement office is the quality and the caliber of staff that you recruit into the office. Therefore, when you're thinking about this, think of it beyond the most expensive database that you can buy for the office, beyond the best infrastructure you can put in place, beyond the best event you can ever host, is the quality of staff 
that you recruit in the office. And I think once you have that at the back of your mind, you would want to go for people who can help the office, help the university realize its uh, strategic objectives.